This is Petey Page. I am Mike. J-Mac. Brutal Dudes. Keep it small, keep it short, keep it simple, sweet, and stupid. Uh, what is... I was thinking like about jobs. Uh, I'm a teacher, so my job started back up a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. And so I was thinking like, what was the best job you've ever had, the worst job you've ever had, and then your like dream job or ideal job? That's that's what I was thinking. Do you want to go first? I could go first. Yeah. So, um, I think, um, worst job I ever had was, and no disrespect, was when I worked at a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's because I think in terms of like just how much so they they had me stocking shelves and I'm like this is fine this is cool but then like at like 2 months of that they moved me out to carts and I was like oh this isn't really cool anymore like this just kind of sucks me sitting out here and like wrangling carts for 8 hours a day is just real fucking stupid um but I guess I don't know. That was their way of saying that you weren't. I wasn't that good at stocking shelves. Um, yeah, just a lot of nonsense. I mean, it wasn't all bad. I did have some fun times. There was one time where uh, the one guy was trying to pull a pallet from the third rack, um, and it happened to be a pallet of beer and soda, uh, and he wasn't certified for the forklift, so he ended up dropping an entire pallet of beer and soda from three stories into the back room. <laughs> Uh, and then proceeded to just be like, I can't fucking do this and like clocked out and left. And I, to this day, I don't understand how he had a job after that. Um, Cause a bunch of us were stuck back, like cleaning it up for a good, like four hours. It was like majority of my shift and I had shit. I needed to stock. They're like, no, 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 this is priority. Cl- clean up the back room. It's like, uh, okay. Um, yeah, just a lot of, and I only worked that job for like six months. And I immediately went right back to Burger King. I was a teenager. I was like, this sucks. And I, I mean, I've had some like like doozies, doozy of a job, but I think my best job, that was the worst. Grocery store just being dicked around is and like I was a teenager, so I feel like I feel like they thought that they could put one over on me and be like, ah, you know, he'll do whatever we say. And it's like, mm, nope. Where's my my disdain of bureaucracy stems from? Um, bureaus. Fuck bureaus. Yeah. <laughs> um Best job I ever had. Uh, there was a summer I worked at a go-kart track. Um, and it was like, it was pretty fucking rad because really all I was doing was like hanging out in the sun all day. Um, and when someone would be a dickhead on the go-kart track, you just like, like if they like spin out or they get stuck under the railing, like you pull the thing out and then you say, Hey, don't do it again. And then you send them back around the track. Um, Every now and then we'd have to do brake checks, which is we wanted to jump into a car and do some laps. Um, there was some guy that worked there, some like he was older than me, but he was still a teenager. But he was like he'd been working there for like four years, and so he knew how to like tweak the fucking go kart engine to make it go twice as fast. Um, it sounds like some master part shit. It was great. It was cool because it like what was funny was like it was like it was just a spring. Like you, he opened the cart, he cracked open the engine, and there was like a spring that like governed how much fuel got let into the engine. And all you had to do was stretch the spring out and then replace it, and it would like inject more fuel into the engine, therefore making it go faster. Um, it would also make the car fucking just burn out and die in like two weeks. 
Um, so there's one point where we had like, there was like 18 cars at this go-kart track and only like six of them were running. And the boss was like, what the fuck? Like, we got to get the mechanic out here and shit. And we're like, I don't know, man. It's the weirdest thing. These things are a little old. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, it was just really cool. And like, we could, um, there's like a little snack shack there so we could go and get free food. Um, it was like, it was also a driving range and batting cages. So we could be like, you know, on our break, we could fire up the, the slow pitch softball and just crank them and then like, you know, hit it again. And just, you know, it, it was just fun. You know, being 18 years old and doing a job like that was just, you know, not really caring about a lot of life responsibilities. It was, it was a good time. Um, and then, so worst, best, dream ideal, dream job. Oh, man. Like, it's weird because I had, I was talking with a friend of mine, Sam. Shout out to Sam. Um, and he kind of changed my perspective on that, on, on the idea of an ideal job. He's like, he's like, my, my dream job would be like to contribute to society, but not have a job. Like if I could do something where like so I was an influencer. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like if it, if we were back to where I could like bake bread for the town for the day and that would be my, that'd be it. That would, I'd be fine with that, you know? And so you, you want know, to live not, in 1800s England. Well, but not have to like not have to worry about like rent and like utility bills and you know bureaucracy again. Um, Fucking bureaus, right? Uh, Should be a job. <laughs> so, for me though, I think ideal job. I actually applied for an ideal job. Uh, my ideal job I applied for and was not a, even considered. It was Bethesda Studios in Maryland. They're the the ga- video game studios that made like Fallout and Skyrim. Oh, I remember uh, that. Yeah, they were looking for a quest writer. So they would, you come up with the story and the quest and the things that the characters go out on and who are the characters you interact with and the backstory. And I'm like, you know, I'm an English major. I love writing and fantasy. This would be a fucking amazing opportunity. Um, But you need to know computer language on top of the English language. And I only know the English language. So I wasn't even considered. But I think that would be a dope-ass job, just sitting around and imagining, like, all right, here's this fantasy world that this character's going to be in. You know, what do they do in this world? Who do they interact with? What kind of things do they use? Like, just that kind of creativity and being able to get paid for that, I think, would be really, really fucking dope. So, there's my three. Go ahead. You're going to... All right. Um, so worst, I'm going to share with Pete. Was <laughs> working in a grocery store. So, yeah. um, so I, and I'm not going to say too much about what I do because I try to keep that separate from anything else. Um, I've worked in finance since I was 16 years old. Um, I got an internship because my godfather was a very high up prominent person and decided that I got this internship, good but I, I was good at it. <laughs> And um, I ended up working for that company for like 10 years, uh, won a bunch of awards and stuff like that. So I'm good at what I do in that. And um, at the time, so that company, they decided to close down their Philadelphia offices. They offered for me to move uh, across the country with them, but there was no pay raise. There was no help with moving or anything. So I just couldn't do it. And at the time I was doing really well uh, with music and stuff like that. So I didn't need to do it necessarily. Like I could still make rent kind of thing. So I was like, nah, I'm just not going to work for a while. And I did. 
Um, the downside of that, though, as I learned from my accountant explaining to me like I'm a two-year-old, is while I can pay my bills off of just doing that kind of stuff, I would never get ahead in life. I would never own a house like we're in now. I would never pay off my student loans or even pay them down to the point that I have them in now, things like that. So um, so eventually I was like, all right, I got to start working again. So I got like a bullshit like part-time job and it wasn't doing it. It was just something for me to go and do for a couple hours a week. Um, he's like, no, you have to get like a real job. So I took a job in a grocery store working in the money room of the grocery store. Yeah. Now you met me in that grocery store. Yes, I did. I wasn't in the money room. No, you were not. <laughs> so wow. I was a baker. <laughs> yes. So, and my experience in baking was completely non-existent up until that point. So I was hired to, to run the money room of that store. And when we got there, myself and a bunch of other people were hired for specific positions were informed that those positions were no longer available, yep. even though that's what we were hired for because the douchebag who was running the store at the time brought his own people to fill those positions yep. and just stuck us wherever. So I ended up becoming a baker. <laughs> baker and an overnight cashier. Yep. So uh, I had to learn how to bake. They had to train me and it really pissed off the actual bakers they were training me because I didn't want to be a baker. Yep. I didn't want to be there. I had no skills at this. I had no... <laughs> To be fair, the actual bakery manager was also a humongous bitch. So yeah, that didn't help either. It didn't. But yeah, they would get mad at me. And they'd be like, oh, it's like you don't even like baking. I don't. I'm supposed to be running the money. Right. <laughs> like, this is not what I'm supposed to be not doing. anywhere near what I wanted to do. This is this is not. I was just blatantly lied to about this job. And I went through the training to run the money room, not to be the fucking baker. Yes. <laughs> so, Jesus. So the, the day that I quit was funny. So I, I did stay there for a year. Yeah. Um, and because it was extremely close to my apartment where I was living at that time. Oh, so yeah. That was the positive. Like, I literally just walked out and walked to my apartment, which was like <laughs> a block away. So I was like, uh. I remember one night I offered him a ride home. And he's like, no, nah, dude, I could literally like, yeah. like 10 steps. It's like, it's like, right there. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, see that? That's where I live. <laughs> and um, so I, I, I could just walk home. So it was very convenient. But I realized, like, that's a bad wheel to get stuck on like staying somewhere where you're unhappy yeah. and it's genuinely like fucking with you and making you depressed being there but it's convenient it's and i don't for anybody who doesn't know i don't drive um so that just you know adds to the whole thing so um i don't drive not because i'm like anti-cars or anything like that i'm <laughs> looking for we're we're looking next year we have to purchase a new vehicle ours is getting kind of old and um my girlfriend's like, should we look at like a hybrid or an electric car? And I was like, I want something that runs on baby seals. Yeah. Like, give me that vehicle. Seal oil. Yeah. So I, it's not like an environmental thing. <laughs> I have a stigmatism that is a stigmatism that typically only albinos have. Oh, cool. Um, I, if you guys can't tell, not an albino. If you guys weren't familiar. But with that stigmatism, most albinos are legally blind can't drive uh so with that stigmatism i have to uh when i sign up for insurance i have to disclose that because if i don't and i get into an accident i committed insurance fraud and will go to prison that's shitty. Oh, so and by disclosing that though they're looking at it as we're not insuring this guy yeah. so you get stuck in this unwinnable battle yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I got stuck there and I hated it. But I remember the day that I quit. So I knew a couple guys from different bands who all worked at this office uh, doing court records and things like that. And they were just like, this is way more up your alley. Come work here. So luckily that I got to leave. I remember the day that I quit. I called up, got that store manager. And I was like, hey, um, I quit. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I quit. And he's like, 
so are you calling out for today? I was like, I quit. Like I never quit a job before. So I'm like, am I doing this wrong? Cause again, <laughs> I had yeah. been at that other job from the time I was 16. So like I had little shitty after school jobs and then at 16, I got a real job and just stayed on doing that. So I never had to like quit a job and I'm like, fuck, am I doing this the right way? I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to come to work anymore. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was like this weird conversation. So finally he goes, you know what? Don't even come back here. And I was like, that's what quit means. <laughs> I was like, that is literally what the like, fuck I was trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> that is what that means. So that was the worst job I ever had. Oh, um, wait. Uh, so quick, Mike, I, I quit the grocery job as well. Um, but I literally like walked off the job, drove to the Burger King across the street, told them to put me back on the schedule. They're like, you'll be on next week. I'm like, dope. Drove home, shut my phone off and then hung out with my family for the night. Apparently, they were just paging me constantly to bring carts back and had no fucking idea that I had left. And then, oh, like, so great. I called I called the guy back in the evening. He's like, hey, what happened? And I was like, I left the job because I'm done. And he goes, oh, I mean, well, I mean, if you could come back in, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about this. I was like, no, there's really nothing to talk about. <laughs> we're done. And that's and he's like, oh, and I'm like, no, that's it. Goodbye. And I hung up the phone and I kept like my fucking like polo shirts. <coughs> and I would wear those. I was still in high school. I'd wear those polo shirts to high school like they were like a fucking like school uniform. And they're like, you got to work today? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just wearing this because I feel like it. It's just Dude, like, the, yeah. the Pepsi guy at uh, at the, the grocery store that I was working at back in the day, he used to give me old school Pepsi button down shirts, nice. like the nice. old, old ones, because they don't they don't wear them anymore. And he had like a ton of them just stockpiled and they were my size. I used to have old school shirts. And then my uncle worked for uh, works for waste management. And what he did was he would get they would they would have like like industrial shirts and there people would just be throwing them out. And he would take the ones that were still salvageable and give them to me so I could wear them like when I was cutting grass and they were cut grass shirts, but like they weren't bad. So like I had like all these shirts with like names on them and stuff. And my dad used to give me like a um, safety shirt, safety yellow shirts. And that was my thing when we first started a frat, which is a story for another episode. Um, there was I used to come in with safety shirts and all the kids in the first class of, of people we recruited. They were always like Jimmy's the one with the loud yellow safety shirts. Because <laughs> I used to wear them to all the meetings and stuff, and they would be like, "What the fuck are you wearing? Did you just come from work?" And I'd be like, "Oh, it's just comfort. It's comfy, nice. comfy shirt." But yeah, I used to get the Pepsi shirts too. Well, so it's funny. So I have, I have something to go off of this because, of course, it won't be a short episode. Of course not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I finally quit. Um, similar to what you were saying about them paging you, so they would take advantage of the fact that I was actually had a finance background and was supposed to run the money room. So what they would do is things would happen. Like they had a gas station there, the gas station, they would show up to fill up the gas station. Somebody had to go in the money room and pay the tankers for the gas that would come in. So the day that I quit, there was nobody there. And they, they just brought in a baker to do the overnight baking who, again, they were taking advantage of the fact that I was supposed to be in the money room. So there was nobody there to pay for the gas. So our mutual friend, Tony, called me the next morning because <laughs> he was working it overnight. He's like, dude, it was glorious. He's like, they were paging you. And he's like, I had to get on and tell them, like, he quit the other day. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, and the store manager had to come in 
early to pay this guy because they they wouldn't leave like they just came into the store and like demanded the money because it's like 15 grand yeah <laughs> so they just would not they couldn't go back to work 15 grand shy <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. If, if tony if tony can hear this tony if you hear this we really want Tony to come on the show because he's hysterical. Yeah. And he's got lots of funny fucking stories like that where he just was like watching. It's <laughs> Tony was one of those dudes that was so comfortable watching chaos happen around him <laughs> that he could just relate it like the next day. Yeah. I would just wait for the stories of what happened and he'd be like, oh, you missed so much shit. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's recounting this to me and the store manager came in and was like on the tear. He's like, that fucking guy, I can't believe he did this and stuff. And he said something to him like, oh, your friend really screwed us. And he's like, no, I think you were just taking advantage of what he could do for you and making him be the overnight baker and do the money stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> Try to and, make uh, double so, duty. Yeah. So so similar situation there. Um, I would say best job that I had. It was the most fun, but it was the worst for me as a human was I was a writer for a while for like different mm-hmm. websites. Oh, cool. And um it the darkest period of my life <laughs> um stuff that you hear about writers and like weird situations you get into all true nice <laughs> yeah um i was writing for these websites and here's a weird thing that happens when you say you're a writer people take that like you just said you're a cop or something like that's like a a very formal like thing yeah. so like one of the things i was just to give you an example one of the things i was supposed to do Yahoo paid me money to cover a uh, midnight release of a video. So they were like, hey, you live five miles from such and such GameStop. Uh, Can you go there and cover this midnight release? We already contacted the store. We told them we're sending a rep out. Uh, I was like, all right, cool. I was like, what do I get? I was like, I don't want to go to this game store at midnight, though. And I've never even heard of this game. I don't care. They're like, well, it pays $300. I was like, again, I have to get somebody to drive me. I have to. But like it pays five hundred dollars. I was like, I love that game. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> so, you go. What game was it? I don't remember. remember. <laughs> <laughs> but here's like what's crazy. So like I, they were like, here's the the store manager's cell phone number. Whatever. It was Kickle Cubicle too. <laughs> yeah, this time it's personal. <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs> there you go. The revenge. Yeah. Um, so they give me the dude's like cell phone number. So I call him up. I'm like, hey, I'm dude from Yahoo or whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. He's like, so we have to close the store. He's like, and then we're reopening at midnight. He's like, so we're closing at regular time. He's like, so I'll just like hide a key for you. He's like, <laughs> just grab it and just like let yourself into the store and hang out. This is the code for the alarm. And I was like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, man, you work for Yahoo. It's cool. And I was just like, what does that mean in your yes. head? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you think that looks like? Yeah, right. So there was, I got to do a lot of cool shit, but there was a lot of like weird situations like that. And you learn really quickly that you should take advantage of those oh, situations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you start doing really fucked up stuff. <laughs> so as a, as a human, it was the darkest point of my life in some ways. So it was bad for me, but I made decent-ish money for considering what I was doing. Like it wasn't the same as having a full-time job, of course. But again, I was paying rent and I got to do weird, cool shit and make a fair amount of money. Like once or twice a week, I get like a good job like that. So that was enough that I could pay my bills. Then I get to do weird fucked up stuff the rest of the week. So, but I I learned really quickly, like for my own health, it was bad for me because I was just like partying all night with people and 
keeping weird hours. Yeah. And it was just like my health just took a giant decline doing mm-hmm. that job. So I ideal perfect job. I really don't know. It wouldn't be helping people like Pete's, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Pete's too nice of a guy. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be baking. I think I don't want to say that Pete's too nice of a guy. I want to say that Pete is the temperance between us. Because I feel like you and me would instantly go towards that self-indulgent. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Pete's like, no, guys, we need to be benevolent. And I feel like that's what I feel like that's an important thing that we need. Like, like you're our Jiminy Cricket, dude. Like, because I feel like it would spiral out of control if you weren't there to be like, guys, guys, guys. <laughs> like, remember when I was yelling at that one episode that we just recorded the same day that we recorded this episode? <laughs> and you were like, you were like. Well, statistically was it the strokes episode where i was yelling no, and calm me down? you were talking you're you're talking about the uh the how a, a two-handed drummer is a better drummer and i'm like yes, yes. statistically, statistically that's right. correct yes. and i was very heated and you and you brought me back you were like it was like pinocchio and you're like hey man statistically <laughs> and i was like you're right you're right thanks pete I, I guess the ideal job where it would be where i could just do music full-time or something like right something where i don't have a schedule but didn't destroy myself doing it and that's the that's problem right. like like i could make a living just doing music if i toured more uh, i would do better now i still wouldn't do great but i would i would do better than when i was just getting by like i'm in a way better position now but i definitely like our longest tour we did which was called the drones and blowjobs tour by the end of that <laughs> we were all super fucked up i was pissing blood yeah <laughs> i was like it was bad so like the longer I'm left to my own devices, the wor- it gets bad fast. Like we turn into fucking, <laughs> it yeah, it gets bad really bad. Like Jen, like people think she's joking when she like goes away for like work trip, which is very rare, but like occasionally she has to go away for like business trips and she'd be like, I'm so worried about Mike. They're like, he's a grown man, not a child. She's like, you don't understand. Do you like, know Mike? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like two, three days. It's a feral human. He's assigned a Vanilla Ice Halloween costume in this recording studio. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's not that I don't trust him. It's that I don't trust everyone else. Yeah, she's she's like, it's it's a feral human within days. And she's not wrong. Like, left to my own devices, I devolve very quickly. So my ideal job would be if I could do something creative like that, but not kill myself. Yeah, doing it. that's fair. Yeah. I'm hoping that this might be that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with... So probably everybody that knows me and that is listening right now would think that I would say that working at a grocery store is the worst job. And unfortunately for everyone expecting that answer, it's not. Um, it There are days when it can be absolutely mind-numbingly dick-kicking for me. However, there are also days when it is one of the awesomest jobs that I've ever had. Um, those days are sporadic. I never know when they're coming for either one. So it, I'm always on my toes. I could think I'm going to have a great day and it's a terrible day. Like today, I could think I'm having a terrible day and it ends up being a great day. Uh, some of my closest friends and collaborators I've met through that job. Um, people that I still talk to, people that I still interact with. Um, I, I've, I've met from that. I have experiences and memories from those jobs my favorite manager I've ever had taught me things I needed to know for life through that job. 
that I still carry to this day. Um, but it's not my best or my worst job. Uh, my worst job that I've ever had was working for, are we not saying company names? I didn't just because I don't like going too personal with stuff. Okay. Then so I should probably not. I wouldn't. Okay. It's up to you. I mean, I've, I worked for two months for a very prominent chip manufacturer where I was delivering chips to different stores. It was by far the worst job I've ever had. At the training, I was given a fake wallet and told if anyone tries to mug you or steal the truck, let them have the truck and give them this fake wallet with fake credit cards in it. So that way you don't get stabbed or shot. That was official training. I was delivering chips to the worst parts of Trenton and Camden. Like the worst parts. Like where like, like I was six wallets deep and I was like like, <laughs> like where there's chalk outlines of dead bodies that we drove by to deliver chips. Hmm. I was I got barely any training. There was not a lot of incentive besides the money. The hours blew. Was the money good? It was yeah. It was about I would I would have been making about fifty five grand a year. Nice. Yeah, if I stayed. It's not bad. If the job was what they told me the job was going to be. I was under the impression I was going to be delivering to grocery stores, which I thought would be cake. Because once I learned to drive the truck, which was fairly easy, I worked in grocery stores all my life up until that point. So I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be easy. I know this. I know how to do this. Then they were like, well, you're too smart. We're going to put you on small account routes. Small account routes at this particular chip manufacturer are bodegas for those of you who don't know what a bodega is it's a converted apartment row home in probably a slum that is a grocery store so a house that's turned into a grocery store there are sanitation issues there are space issues there are safety issues and quite honestly you have to collect money so at any point during this driving through the worst parts of Trenton and Camden, which are two of the most crime-ridden cities in the country, I was carrying like $1,500 in cash because these people had to pay you. You had 15 stops a day. It was almost impossible to get it done in a, in a nine-hour day. We would end up doing 10 hours. With the CDL, the type of CDL that I had, I was at risk for more than two risk factors, so I would have had to renew my CDL every three months because of those risk factors, which weren't official, but the doctors said, like, I don't have apnea, but because I have an enlarged neck, they said I was at a chance to get apnea and I have diabetes. So they, I haven't also have a chance to get to have apnea, which means that I had to get recertified every three months. It was just terrible. The guy I worked with the trainer was a fucking crazy. incredible racist to the point where I, I got so mad. I fucked with him. I told him my dad was black. Uh, my dad is not black. Then I texted my dad and told him to play along. And about two weeks later, at, because this guy would just, he said, this guy said to me that he felt like instead of giving people welfare, poor people welfare in Trenton and Camden, which are predominantly black and Puerto Rican in the areas we were working, we should send them in a rocket ship to Mars and let them fend for themselves. 
and that way we wouldn't be paying them money that they're just going to use on booze. They would have to fend for themselves and learn to live life, which is one of the most racist things I've ever heard anyone say unprovoked in my entire life. I This dude was, I'm not going to say his name because quite honestly, I don't remember his name. He was that big of a jerk off that I don't remember his name. But about two weeks after I told him my dad was black, so he stopped making racial comments. My dad had to drop money off to me to give to my sister. And we met him at one of the stores. And he could clearly see that my dad was not black, (laughs) was actually white Irish. And my dad decided just to fuck with him to jive talk, which was one of the greatest moments of my life because I had told him that I told the guy he was black. So he jive talked him. So Great. ridiculous. Um, I literally walked out of the job. I I had I was driving. They had me on a Saturday on a different route. I didn't know where to park. No one was helping me or showing me where to go. Nobody told me what to do. I got so frustrated that I had. I don't get nervous breakdowns, and I had almost a nervous breakdown in the car where my hand was shaking. I called the girl and I said, "I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to finish the route today, and I'm done. I quit." And she's like well, what can we do to change your mind? I was like, I don't know if you heard me say that I almost had a nervous breakdown, but there's nothing you can fucking do to make me want to come back to this job. I hate it. I quit. I'm going to finish this route and then I'm going home and you're not, you're not going to see me again. So I left, I went, I, I put, I, I didn't even put two weeks in. I left, I turned my phone in. I turned all the shit that I needed to turn in and I never went back. And I went back to the grocery store and they took me back. Um, that was the worst job I ever had. The best job I ever had was I worked at a Lids in the mall and it's a hat store and it was great. I could play my own music and just turn it down when people came into the store. So I wasn't blaring Pantera cursing at little kids, but when they left, I could turn it back up. I was good at selling hats. I sold hats. Great. I sold the accessories. Great. I loved hats. So I got a hat discount. Um, I was able to tell people what kind of hats look cool and looked and didn't look cool. It was great. The only reason I had to leave the job was because I went away to college. And by the time I came back, they were closing that store. So I couldn't go back to the store. So I didn't. Um, if I could have gone back, I could have followed the one manager to Cherry Hill, but it was too far of a drive and I didn't want to go all the way to Cherry Hill. Um, and she was, a, those managers were a little bit weird. They were, they were, they were all about, me being this like clean cut young kid at the time. And I was skinny too. So like I was like, and I was in shape from being wrestling and track. So like, I, I think that I was, I really believe that I was just eye candy that they were looking, they were looking at me like a piece of meat that they wanted to like slap around and I didn't let them. Thank goodness. So um, my ideal job, since we're about to run out, we're running out of some time. My ideal job. Um, I, it would need to be something creative. I would have to do something creative, whether that's writing, creating. I, I love doing this. If I could do this as a job, I would do this as a job. Um, but I would also like, I, I think another aspect of me having an ideal job will, would be maybe not as benevolent as Pete's. But one of the things that I've always loved doing is I love helping people accomplish things that they've always wanted to do. So one of my one of my closest friends that I had that died, his name was Mike Barsky. Barsky's great. I would love to do an episode where I just tell Barsky stories. I think that would be a fun episode, telling stories about people that died that we know. But uh, Barsky specifically, uh, one of the things he wanted to do all his life was go to Fenway. 
And when I was doing my baseball trips, I would I made it happen that he could go to Fenway Park. And till the day he died, he told everyone how great it was that he got to go. He had such a good time. We had such a good time. He was so spindly and skinny. He he took his shirt off and and pretended he was Gollum. And my little sister thought it was the funniest thing. Somewhere she has a, a phone video of him being Gollum in the hotel room. And we were pissing ourselves laughing. It was so much fun. I would like to do something like that. I would like to help people. I would literally like to just go to people and be like, what is your dream? What do you want to do? And if I have anything that I can do to help make that accomplish, do that. And to a lesser degree than, than I would like, I try to do that in my everyday life. If I know there's something that I can physically help someone do that they've always wanted to do, I try to make it my, not my, not even my job, but I try to make it important to me to, to get that person a step closer or there to what they wanted to do. You know, one of the things my little sister always wanted to do was see Metallica live. I was able to get us tickets to see Metallica live. Another thing she wanted to do is see Red Hot Chili Peppers. I took her to that. A lot of it is my little sister taking her places that she wants to go. But like, I've done other things to help people. I, I try my best to get connect people with the right people. Um, my cousin was a drummer and looking for a band. I knew a, a couple of friends in college who were looking for a drummer. I connected them, and he ended up they ended up being in a band together for a while. Um. It was you, want to be the make, you want to be the Make-A-Wish guy? It, um, to, yes, but but I I I, I want to be a person. I want to <laughs> not a not a nice, Make-A-Wish recipient, nice, but the nice Make-A-Wish. Callback. Nice callback. Nice callback. But but yeah, ultimately, I think my ideal job would be to just help people accomplish their dreams. You know, and if if that if that goes concurrent with my dreams, you know, if if I find someone that wants to make a movie and they don't care what kind of movie it is, and it ends up being a movie that I had a plot for, that's cool. If I if I find someone that wants to make a record that's a musician, and I can help them connect with people that, that want to be musicians, I think that's cool. If I find somebody that's really into video games, and I find a way to make an 8-bit video game that we can make together, I think that'd be cool. I, I have no limitations on the, on, the, on the breadth of my creativity. I would love, I love doing everything. I, there's, there's something creative in almost everything that you can do, and I love finding that but I also love helping people who are passionate about things achieve their passions. I think that that is, that that is the most satisfying thing in the world. So if I had an ideal job to pick that I could get paid to do, I would do that every day. And I would have the most satisfying life because helping people accomplish their, their dreams and goals and do things that they never thought that they were going to be able to do is cool. Even if it's something as small as taking somebody to Disneyland, that's always wanted to go to Disneyland or something as big as getting somebody to be able to play the halftime at the Super Bowl. All of those things I think are accomplishable if you just have the right people around you to do it. And that's my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs>